0: BYU Cougar
1: basketball is back in action.
0: Gideon George will hand off on the wing right side block. We'll send out to Gideon. Big three. Got it! Gideon George for three.
1: Let's get you ready to root on the boys in blue. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live is brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics. And now, here's your host, Jason Shepard.
2: Good afternoon and happy Thanksgiving, BYU basketball fans. Hopefully your Thanksgiving holiday is treating you well, I'm sure, just like all of us. uh, I would assume your Thanksgiving is filled with lots of food today, lots of family experiences, and probably some football. But how about we, we put the football aside for just a little bit. And we focus on BYU basketballs. We welcome you into Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Today, the BYU Cougars continue play in the Bahamas. It's the Battle for Atlantis. The matchup today, the BYU Cougars and the Butler Bulldogs. Well, the Cougars dropped into the losers bracket after yesterday's loss to USC 82. 82- to 76. While the start of the game was all Trojans, the Cougars fought back to take the lead several times in the first half. BYU actually only trailed by a single point at the break. The second half, completely different as USC got hot shooting the ball and BYU really struggled to score until the last few minutes when they were able to pull within single digits towards the end of the game BYU played a completely different type of game and things were really working for them they were forcing USC uh, into some turnovers the defense got better BYU able to turn that into some points unfortunately just too little too late to pick up the victory turnovers once again were an issue with the Cougars turning the ball over 17 times. Now, even though that's under the season average of around 19, it was way too many, and the Trojans scored 17 points off of those 17 turnovers. Now, some bright spots in the loss was the play of a couple of different players. One was Jackson Robinson. He came alive in the second half. He finished with a career-high 16 points in the loss. He also hit four threes. Spencer Johnson also set a new career-high with 18 points. Also, how about the fact that BYU hit a season-high 12 threes in this game? That was certainly impressive, and the Cougars had four-player score in double figures is something certainly that you can build off of heading into this matchup against Butler. The loss... For BYU, drops the Cougars' record overall to three and two, and it sets up the matchup with the Bulldogs, who are also three and two. The Bulldogs lost yesterday to Tennessee, seventy-one to forty-five. The player to pay attention to for Butler, Jaden Taylor, he's the leading scorer for the Bulldogs. He's averaging fifteen points per game. He scored in double figures in all five games this season for Butler. So this is something that, uh, sir, he is someone. Uh, that BYU's defense certainly will be at zeroing in on this afternoon in the Bahamas. Now, Butler won the only previous game against BYU, but since it was in 1930, it really has absolutely no bearing on today's game. It's just one of those fun stats that I like to give you. For more on today's matchup, Greg Rubel caught up with assistant coach Cody Feger earlier today after shoot-around, and Cody talked about the uniqueness of playing in these types of tournaments.
3: Christmas is Thanksgiving. It's all the same. It's all the same day. Every day is the same, uh, especially with these tournaments, three games in three days. Um, I, I even forgot it was Thanksgiving until somebody texted me. I had a couple texts this morning saying Happy Thanksgiving. So yeah, Happy Thanksgiving
0: to everyone out there. Indeed, <laughs> uh, tournament time, three games in three days. Uh, it's not something you replicate at any other time of the year necessarily. What's the biggest challenge about about this for coaches and players alike?
3: Uh, getting rest, right? That, that's the biggest thing for coaches. It's like, man, you got to get the game plan. You got to shrink twenty hours worth of work into basically 20 minutes of implementing that into your uh, game plan and you know it's just trying to take the most important things and you try to guess ahead on what's going to hurt you you know what what is what's this other team going to try to do to take an advantage so just shrinking all that stuff down uh and being really specific with your guys in these you know in 20 minutes with which they can you know take with them into the game because you still want them to play free and fast and you don't want them overthinking anything so uh simplifying the game plan that that's probably the biggest thing that we had to we have to do
0: in these tight turnaround settings, you put the previous game in the rear view so quickly. What is a takeaway that you uh, bring with you into the next game, though, from, from USC?
3: Yeah, so like with USC, we'll, we'll talk about a couple different things where, you know, they kind of hurt us where um, rebounding so important, right? In the second half, we gave up so many offensive rebounds. We showed a lot of that to our film, or a lot to a lot of that film to our team last night and just be like, hey, guys, you know, rebounding, we've got to hit first, hit second. And that, that we can. When you say away. hit first, hit second, what are you saying there? So hit first, hit second. When we talk about that rebounding, we want to get the initial hit. So on the, the initial block out, and then we want to hit him again. We want to maintain um, contact and create space for ourselves to get this rebound. So we, wanna, we always talk about hitting first. That's that initial hit. Mm-hmm. Stopping him in his tracks and then get another hit to get some space for yourself to get this rebound. Okay. Uh, what do you like from what your guys showed you in the USC game? Uh, some things I liked is I thought we actually moved the ball pretty well in the first half. Um, and then we got a little stagnant in the second half against the zone. And we just didn't kind of trust our offense at that time, right, where we just couldn't couldn't trust that ball movement. But I really liked our fight down the stretch, and I hope we can carry that into today, you know, where, where guys were kind of. You know, we just trusted each other at the end of that game. Guys were passing ahead, making simple plays for each other. Um, Defensively, we were active, getting deflections. Um, So really just just the fight there probably at the end of the game there, Greg. Okay.
0: You've got the Butler Scout. You watched them
3: live after your game yesterday. You've seen them on video. Uh, Some thoughts on the Bulldogs. They are tough. They play four guards around a really good five-man. Um, the four guards can all dribble pass, and shoot at a really high level. Um, their five-man is a shot blocker. Manny Bates transferred from NC State. He's a, he's a monster. He's a big, tough. Um, he's really good on the block. How is he different than Joshua Morgan? Ooh, he can shoot it really well to 17 feet, and then he's just a, he's just a much better rim protector. Than, uh, than the big big kid from Long, um, USC yeah USC that was at Long Beach right. sorry um, yeah he's just he's just big and he just he just does more he can do way more um, so they throw him in the, the ball into the post a ton they don't they don't throw it into Morgan at all at USC uh, these four guards um, they play their starters you know 30 some minutes a game it's it's mostly these starters Mm -hmm. and these guys really pass the ball and share and play hard together defensively um they'll get after you turn teams over they turned over alabama state 30 sometimes this year um which has been something that we're as a team we're, we're trying to get better at we're working at um we, you know, we had five, I think, in the second half yesterday. Um, so, do that. Um, but they got these four special guards. You know, this Seamus Lukosius, he's a he's a kid we actually recruited from Lithuania um, during COVID. And then last year, he got in the portal for a little while. We talked to him. He's a really high IQ, really good player. Um, kind of reminds me, we got some Jake Toolson in him. Can really pass. Um, Jaden Taylor, they're starting three. Really good player at getting downhill. Um, shot it well from three last. Last night, Uh, Chuck Harris has been their leading scorer. He's their starting two guard. Uh, Catch and shoot threes. He can make plays off the bounce as well, as in transition. Eric Harner. He's their transfer point guard from Purdue. He's Matt Harms' old teammate. We talked to him a little bit. Okay. Um, so that's, that's the crazy thing, like just with recruiting next, nowadays. Yeah, yeah, recruiting nowadays. You've talked to these kids and built some relationships with them. But, um, yeah, this, this Butler team is, is, is really good. Um, new head coach, you know. Was, new
0: head won, coach, won, but not new in the won games. Won a lot of yeah.
3: games. 14-15, 15-16. <laughs> he, he's been uh, coaching for a little while, he's I a think. season yeah. yeah, but, but he took, took a couple years off, I want to say, right? Yeah. I don't remember how many years. Yeah, but, but in overall, he's in his 18th year of coaching. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's unbelievable coach. I watched him with Ohio State a ton. Yeah, he's a really good coach and was at Butler previous to that mm-hmm. too. So, um, he obviously knows what he's doing. He's got a really good staff and, um, they're a high AQ team. All right. Cody, great preview. Thank you and happy Thanksgiving. Thanks. Same to you, Rubes.
2: That was assistant coach Cody Feger. Thank you to Cody, and obviously thank you to Greg Rubel as well for getting that interview. A couple things I wanted to hit on, uh, and certainly it sounds like there were, uh, there's a possibility that uh, quite a few players on this Butler team uh, could have been in this game regardless, whether it was for the team they're on currently or possibly for BYU. It, it is funny. Because they along the recruiting trail, you're going to be you know having a lot of overlap with players and you know guys that you talked to and thought about you know when they were in high school and wanted to get them into your program. You know you you end up playing their teams when they're in college. Well, now beyond just the normal recruiting time when they're in high school getting ready to choose their college, now you obviously run into some of these people through the transfer portal, and it sounds like you know there were a couple of guys that uh, that. Uh, the BYU basketball program uh, was interested in that are now playing with Butler. So certainly uh, it's one of those uh, kind of funny coincidences that you have a matchup like this with so much familiarity. Uh, One other thing I wanted to hit on that Cody talked about, Butler, one of those teams that will force a lot of turnovers. And look, and that's going to be something. We're going to talk with Mark Durant coming up on the other side. We'll get our courtside conversation with Mark from the Bahamas in a minute. You know, we will hit on that as well. But, you know, this is going to be an issue all season long, um, and until BYU can find a way Look, and it's easier said than done It's very easy to say, well hey, stop turning the ball over How you do that is it's not as easy, and so we'll talk to Mark about that, but with Butler being one of those teams that forces a lot of turnovers, that's something to really pay attention to today, and it may be even more important for BYU to make sure that they hold on to the possessions knowing just how good the Bulldogs are at forcing turnovers. And then the other thing he had talked about, and I know sometimes fans kind of roll their eyes with stuff like this, but when he was talking about how hard the team played, uh, I think that's a big deal and it's it's not a moral victory type thing but when you have a team that will play hard and fight till the end regardless of the situation that will pay off in the end for this team if you look at the two losses that BYU has on the season obviously the one yesterday against USC they fought hard in the first half they fell down big down by I believe 18 And fought their way back, ended up losing by six. So they showed some fight, they weren't giving up, got hot, made it interesting late. The other loss was the game at San Diego State. You're obviously going on the road to Viejas. It is a very hostile environment for a lot of people, certainly for BYU. But that's a game that BYU absolutely could have won. They led for the majority of the game. They were in it. Unfortunately, San Diego State, which was 19th at the time, made some plays at the end. They end up pulling out the victory. But that was a game BYU fought hard again. So even in both losses, BYU played hard to the end. That will pay off for this team as the season goes on. All right, coming up next, we'll head to the Imperial Arena for our courtside conversation with Mark Durant. That's coming up on the other side as we continue with Cougar Pregame Live on Thanksgiving And it's on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Here's Jason Shepard with more Cougar pregame live on the new
2: skin, BYU Sports Network. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Welcome back to Cougar Pre Game Live. It is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time for our courtside conversation with Mark Durant. Happy Thanksgiving, Mark.
4: Oh, Jason, my friend,
2: happy Thanksgiving to
4: you and yours and everyone out there. What a glorious day, a time to spend with your loved ones. And, and I get the, the real privilege to be here in a beautiful place. With, <laughs> My sweet wife and daughter are having a great time, and uh, it, it's pretty special down here. But wherever you are, whoever you're with, and even if you're alone, I, you know, I, my, my heart goes out to you. If that's the case, but you're loved, and everyone is loved, and I'm alone. Yeah. It, it gets better, and Gre- Greg's alone here, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take him out to dinner because he's he's kind of sad and lonely here after the game. If we ever get done, we've got two overtime games here, Jason. Yes. Everything's getting pushed back. We may not get to the restaurant in time. If not, Greg and I will have some
2: crackers and potato chips for Thanksgiving. You guys can share a pumpkin pie somewhere. I'm sure you can find one on Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right, so let me ask you this is the late run that BYU went on at the end of the game against USC is that enough to make you feel differently about the loss overall?
4: Oh man. Uh, I mean I always like a team that doesn't quit, you know fights back. What I even like more than that is a team that doesn't put themselves in a position to have to fight <laughs> right. back. I mean, uh, that would that would make me even more happy. But, I mean, I, I like a team that will get after it. And I think, you know, as I look at that game, I just felt like in that second half when things were going wrong, uh, I, I think Coach Pope, and he I would acknowledge this, I think made some coaching mistakes. I think when your team's struggling to get a bucket – and the other team's running, you have to really switch it up, whether it's, you know, it's not just one thing, but maybe go to a zone or or go to that full-court press earlier. Because once you go to a press, and Coach Pope doesn't like to press a lot. Actually, I think he's going to press a little bit more this year. But when you go to the press, it changes your whole mindset on how you're playing. You you automatically come on attack. You're automatically on your toes attacking the other team, trying to get that turnover. And, yes, maybe they get some easy buckets, but... At least it changes the nature of the game whereas instead of kind of you feel like everything's slipping through your hands and you're on your heels and you can't do it it changes the, the the tenor of the game and you're now on attack and maybe it doesn't work but i think you when you're in that situation you have to do something different you have to make a change you have to call timeout you have to change the way the game's going and i think BYU waited too long to do that until they were really down in that game and uh, it was just too late. The Valiant effort, yes, I love it. I-, I love how Jackson Robinson played and Gideon played to get them back into that. But I, I don't want to see them in that position. And and uh, I think you could do some things differently to make sure you're not in that position, I guess, is the bottom line.
2: Turnovers is something we've talked about just about every game. Uh, 17 turnovers for the Cougars yesterday. It was... Not as dramatic, but similar to what we saw in the Missouri State game where there were a ton of turnovers in the first half, and then BYU um, able to sort of corral that in the second half. They finished with 17. 17 points were scored off of those turnovers. But as, as we heard in Greg's interview with Cody, Butler's a team that forces a lot of turnovers, so that's certainly going to be top of mind today. It's very easy to say, well, stop turning the ball over what what do you think is the prime reason why this specific team is turning it over so much yeah well part of it
4: I think I mean there's there's a couple kind of turnovers right one is you're trying to do too much as a player individually uh, let's say I, I take the ball and I dribble five or six times into the paint and it helps collapse and I think I'm going to squeeze through somehow and get a shot if it gets knocked away and I lose it so one thing you want guys to be aggressive, but they have to be smart. When it's open, when it's not, don't force it if it's not. Don't put yourself in a position where, you know, let's say, let's say Gideon George. Gideon George is a high dribbler, and it's not—he's not a bad ball handler, but he's a high dribbler. So if he dribbles into the paint and he puts it in front of him and he's dribbling high, that's just like you know Black Friday. Let open in the doors. Guys are coming for that. They see that ball just shining there in front. They want that basketball. So Gideon has to be smart and pick his time and then when he does go, go hard and be aggressive and no, don't hesitate. So you've got guys like Rudy and Gideon and others that are, are trying I think too much to force the issue which leaves them susceptible to turning the ball over. So that's one kind of turnover. The other kind of turnover is you're not helping your teammate right okay whether it's getting open on the wing you know making the right cuts getting working hard it, it you can't just pop out to the wing and say here pass it to me you've got to make a, a v cut or you have to you know go into your man and then out make that pass easier for your teammate or if you're a big man jason and you're posting up and you're showing that big hand and, and the, the guard thinks okay i i want to get it to you right <laughs> and I want to help you, big fella. you got your hand up. I'm going to throw it to that hand. And they throw it, and then the defender comes around topside, able to slip through, knock it away. No, that's not the guard's fault. That is the big man's fault. You seal that man, you keep him off, and then once the ball's released, you don't wait for it to get to your hand. You go to it. It's like a receiver in football. You go to the basketball, and you get it with both hands. And you secure it, and then as a big man, you you know, you're not – holding the ball you're not taking nine dribbles in the paint and letting little guys come out get it under your chin get those elbows out if it's not there kick it back out and, and so i mean this is a long-winded answer but you got multiple kinds of turnovers and byu's kind of bad at all of them uh, and, but there are things you can do to be better and it's a matter of watching film a matter of reinforcing you know the times they do it right and just trying to help guys understand that that ball is just incredibly valuable uh, even if you're playing a, a high-possession game, mm-hmm. take care of the basketball because, I mean, if you don't, and let's talk about that other game. Even though BYU kind of took care of the ball better in the second half and still got behind, but it was the first half when they were playing awesome, but they were turning they it were over. They turning it over, yeah. They had a five- or ten-point lead going into halftime, and then the whole nature of the game changes. Yeah. And so e- even though they were still within one point, it's the turnovers that really killed them in that game in the first half. and. Yeah, anyway, that was uh, <laughs> that was a long that was a long answer, but we got time, Jason. You and I are just chilling here, <laughs> got- waiting for Dayton and uh, NC State to finish. Yes, yeah, is, is
2: the score still NC State fifty-five, Dayton thirty-nine? Is that is that fairly close? Fifty-seven, uh, uh, forty-one. So a couple buckets behind,
4: okay. but uh, about ten minutes to go.
2: Okay, so let's focus on the matchup against Butler. I don't know if, by the way, if you're the same as I am, but I. The only thing I think of when I think of Butler is Gordon Hayward, and then that makes me angry, <laughs> so I try not to think about Butler too much. But th- that's, that's the first thing I think of. But this obviously is a team that got blown out by Tennessee yesterday. What, what, have you, what have you been able to gather about this Bulldog team that really stands out to you today in terms of how BYU matches up with them?
4: The Butler fighting Haywards is their <laughs> – yeah. I think they're new. Um, <laughs> I also think about Hinkle. Greg and I got to call a game in uh, an NCAA tournament at Hinkle that's a pretty cool building. That's, I think that's where they they play and where in they Indianapolis.
2: Too. Yeah,
4: that's pretty. It's, it's very cool. pretty sweet place. Um,
2: hey, look, their rims so, their rims are ten
4: feet just like ours back <laughs> in Hickory. Okay, that's what Greg Greg got. Except that was COVID time, so Greg they wasn't allowed on the court Uh-oh. back then, so we couldn't do the whole measurement thing. Okay, reenact it. Greg's got a lot of Gene Hackman in him. Um, so yeah, Butler. I mean, they're a solid program. Um, I actually thought, I mean, watching Tennessee warm up, Jason, holy smokes. They They're are legit. just massive. They yeah. are massive. I mean, I don't know where you get guys like that. <laughs> but they have, maybe you have one on your team if you're lucky. They got six or seven. And so I'm thinking, well, but Tennessee is going to win this going away. They're just too big. But then Butler came out and dominated the first ten minutes and we're up and Even in the second half, we're within two, I think, similar a little bit to BYU's game. They were in that game and then got way behind. They they didn't come back like BYU did, but similar situation. I think Tennessee just kind of wore them down a little bit. They shot really poorly from the three-point line. They're a a lot like BYU uh, numbers-wise in that, you know, they had 23 turnovers against Tennessee. They shot five for 20-something from three one for ten in the second half so they they had kind of played a little bit of a BYU game but the, the numbers before that and they haven't played great competition but they they've been shooting really well uh and so it, it's kind of hard to know in this game which team for for each team is going to show up and which team can take care of the basketball which team can shoot the ball well from three and that's probably the team that w- will win it but uh uh, I think uh, Butler is a team that really you know, certainly can compete with BYU and beat BYU if BYU's not ready to go. I think this is a critical game because, again, it's a game that is winnable for BYU, and they need to keep winning. They need to win games to kind of get where they need to be. They're not where they need to be, but you want to win games to get there rather than lose games to get there, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and Dayton is – or excuse me, Butler is a team – I think that BYU should match up well with, and should compete well with, and should should win. And so, if they don't, that'll, that'll be a real disappointment.
2: You know, and you just said something that, that reminded me. One of the things that's that stood out over the last couple of games, and look, there's only been two losses, but I think the way that Coach Pope and the coaching staff, and, and a lot of this, I'm judging by you know post game comments and demeanor when whether you know he talks with with you and Greg uh, on post game. I've been really impressed with how Coach Pope and the staff have handled some of these losses. Obviously, you're very frustrated. You never want to lose. But we heard Coach Pope talk before the season started. We're going to experiment a lot. We're going to see what we've got. We're going to see what works and what doesn't. We know we've got a tough schedule. We know what's ahead of us. But we need to find out who we are. I I think how the coaching staff is handling some of the adversity, I think, could really pay off. Because I think they see the big picture that it isn't about necessarily right now. Again, not not that you don't want to win every game, but they know they're trying to build something and find out what they have.
4: It's hard for a coach. I mean, you talk. coaches are paid to win. It's hard to have the patience to leave a guy in that may jeopardize your chances a little bit uh, just because you know that down the road that will help him and, and maybe you'll win a game because he's able to get those minutes or you have a group of guys on the floor that Maybe you don't have a consistent scorer out there, or that may have some weaknesses, but you keep them out there on the floor because it's important for them to have min- minutes, and important for you to understand as a coach what the what the guys will give you. I mean, you can't know what a, a guy gives you on on the court unless he's on the court. Yeah, you got a lot of practice, right? But th- it's so different from a game. There's, you know, guys play different um, um, in in games and in big games. You see that all the time. So I, I think just because there's so many new guys and it's a unique, you know, coaches know their teams every year. They know them really well. And I, I think Coach Pope just realizes I've got to just be as patient as I possibly can with these guys. And in the in the end, it's going to be best for our program, for this team. But it's really hard when you have chances against a team like USC and to get a big win in a tournament like this to not, to, you know, to not go against those kind of principles that you have. Yeah. And and to stick true to that, but I think you know credit Coach Pope for doing that. With that said, he, you know, he he still wants to win. I'm not suggesting that he doesn't want to win, and that he's jeopardizing you know significantly his win chances. But uh, I think it's it's hard to do as a coach to have that kind of patience.
2: Mark, great stuff as always. Oh, I forgot my uh, my silent co-host here, Bo Shepard, is with me. He wanted me to tell you, uh, you and Greg, happy Thanksgiving. And I wanted to say hello to both of you. So uh, even though he didn't say anything, he's here, and he is co-hosting the show with me. Bo, the
4: man, I want to hear from Bo. Put the microphone up to Bo. I want him to say Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy I want to hear it, Bo. Get on there. Is he going to do it?
0: They just did it. He just Happy did it. Bo
4: knows radio. knows radio. Oh, Bo. Way to go, baby. Hey, thanks a lot, Jason. Hi, guys. We'll <laughs> Thank you,
0: Jason. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving I'm, I'm to you, too. I'm Mark's, I'm Mark's not-so-silent partner, Jason. <laughs> yes.
2: All right, Be well, more
0: we'll, like Bo, Greg.
2: We will hear from both of you coming up in a little bit. Thanks, guys. See Thanks. Ya. All right. All right. We will take a break. Come back and have more of Cougar Pre-Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Let's get you back to Cougar Pregame Live. Here's Jason Shepard.
2: Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The BYU Cougars and the Butler Bulldogs coming your way. The game before ours uh, is still going on. That's because the two previous games Went to overtime. Obviously, everything gets uh, stretched out a little bit. And the rule is, once the game ends, you have to wait 30 minutes. Everybody's got to have the same amount of warm-up time, and you've got to go through these certain protocols. So when the one first game goes to overtime, pushes the start time. You have to wait 30 minutes. The second game goes to overtime, does the same thing. That's why we are uh, a little bit later and expect to be later for tip-off. Uh, than we were expecting today. Let's get to some of those scores. Uh, the game going on right now: Dayton and North Carolina State. Let me uh, refresh my computer to get the most updated information. Seven fifty-three to go in the second half, and right now it's NC State, the Wolfpack, with a 59-45 advantage. So, you know, with eight minutes to go, still plenty of time. But right now, the Wolfpack with the lead. The earlier games both featuring top 25 teams. We will start with number 3 Kansas. They win in overtime over Wisconsin 69 to 68. That means Kansas will advance to the championship game in the Bahamas. They will face number 22 Tennessee who also won in overtime over USC 73 to 66. How about this? A team out of the WCC given number one, North Carolina, at least by the final score. I'm going to be honest. I didn't see this game. I'm just looking at the final score. Uh, but the Portland Pilots only lost by eight to the Tar Heels. Number one, North Carolina 89, Portland 81. Also, uh, number eight, Duke, defeats Oregon State 54-51. to If it's Thanksgiving, that means we've got NFL football for you. There is one game going on right now. It is in... Dallas, the Cowboys hosting the Giants. They are nearing halftime. In fact, 20 seconds left in the second quarter. And the visitors from New York have a three-point advantage at 10-7. Giants leading the Dallas Cowboys. Later on tonight, the third game of the triple header in the NFL will be in Minneapolis. The Vikings hosting the New England Patriots earlier today in Detroit. A valiant effort by the Lions. They just came up short Bills win on a game-winning field goal 28-25 over Detroit in the loss, former Cougar Jamal Williams. 18 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. All right, coming up Saturday night, BYU football wrapping up the regular season on the road at Stanford. It's uh, going to be a late one. Make sure you get in a nap. That is a 9 o'clock Mountain Time kickoff. Pre-game coverage, uh, I'll have a Cougar pre-game live along with Riley Nelson and Greg Rubel will talk. Will join us and talk with us, uh, Mitchell Jurgens. That will start at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. But one of the interesting storylines in this game is former Stanford Cardinal fullback is Houston Haymoula, who obviously is now with BYU, and he is the subject of my Shep Talk interview that you will hear during Cougar pre-game live on Saturday evening. Here's a little bit of a preview, and because of Houston's situation, having spent the majority of his career in Stanford and now coming to BYU, I think he had, and I think we all had some expectations of what this season may look like for Houston on the field. Hasn't really worked out that way, so I asked Houston if he's okay or how he feels that maybe his biggest impact on this team is coming off the field, then on.
5: Yeah, and I think that's Kind of along the lines of where I was saying, you know, I'd be patient with myself because I wanted to play a lot more and that's how every player feels. You know, I think every player feels that way. Um but for me, you know, I had to had to really look at myself and say, okay, am I gonna drag down this team, you know, if I don't get what I want? Am I gonna be a negative influence or can I help BYU whatever I can? You know, this is a school I love and cherish since I was a kid. So I thought I need to
2: whatever way I can support it. How did that manifest itself? How do you think you helped the team?
5: Um honestly I really don't know how I help the team, except for I always make sure my attitude is upbeat. You know, I don't want to bring anyone down. I don't want to say anything bad about people. Um, and that, you know, during games, my goal is to, like, make sure everyone's heads are on. You know, it's, 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 it's easy to lose faith. It's easy to lose momentum. But, you know, I've been in college football for six years. And, you know, I really do feel I know what kind of attitude it takes to, to win games, attitudes it takes to keep your head on. So my goal is to share that wisdom, keep this team up, and then just give my effort in whatever role, either special teams or on the field, uh, that I can fulfill.
2: Well, that's just a little preview of my conversation, our, my Shep Talk conversation with Houston Haymule. You will hear that in its entirety coming up Saturday night. Cougar pregame live. We'll get underway at 7 o'clock Mountain Time as BYU wraps up the regular season. They are bowl eligible. There is no bowl eligible implications in this game they took care of that last week against utah tech uh, kickoff from stanford with greg rubel riley nelson and mitchell jurgens at nine o'clock mountain time all right coming up next we'll get you back to the bahamas it's the cougar pregame coaches show with greg rubel you're listening to byu basketball on the new skin byu sports network
1: It's time to get the inside scoop on today's game. This is the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, brought to you by Zion's Bank. For the support you need to power forward, Zion's Bank is for you. Now let's head back to the built bar courtside seats and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
0: Good afternoon, Cougar basketball fans, and happy Thanksgiving as we welcome you back courtside inside the Imperial Arena at the Atlantis Resort on Paradise Island in the Bahamas. Today, the BYU Cougars are in bounce-back mode as they look for a win in the consolation bracket at the battle for Atlantis. The 3-2 and two Cougars set to battle the 3-2 and two Butler Bulldogs. BYU losing its tourney opener yesterday to USC. Butler took one on the chin against number 22, Tennessee. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Grubel. With me is the former BYU Iron Man and social media humorist, Mark Durant. And, uh, Mark, Wednesday was a frustrating day uh, for BYU. The Cougars, they mount this inspiring late-game comeback, but they kind of ran out of time against the Trojans. Yes,
4: yeah, so I used to watch MacGyver growing up, right? MacGyver, he'd always just nick a time. He just had just enough time to get done, save the day. BYU was a little bit like McGruber last time because they, they just didn't have enough time. Good effort, but not enough time. They didn't start that comeback early enough, and it was just... You know, there's a a lot to like in that game, that first half, other than the turnovers. I thought BYU came out and played strong, played well, were aggressive, but you had about 10 minutes in that second half where everything fell apart. Not only was USC getting hot, hitting mid-range jumpers, making everything happen on their end, BYU just could not buy a bucket, and it's just too late, too big of a deficit, too late, and uh, obviously you liked the, the effort. You liked that BYU got back in it. You liked that Jackson Robinson played well, and Gideon George, but... You don't like that you put yourself in that situation. And that's the problem with this team right now, just inconsistency. Where are you going to get points from? Who's going to step up and make the plays? You're you're open to have times in games where it just doesn't go right for you because you don't have that consistency yet. McGruber. (laughs) Poor McGruber, man. He just couldn't get it done in time. So I'm always distracting him. It's
0: a great reference. Uh, Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Mark Pope. As the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from the Battle for Atlantis on Paradise Island in the Bahamas. And by the way, Mark, Paradise Island is aptly named, is it not?
4: Oh, man, what a time we've had. I don't know about you because you're so focused on everything. I got my wife and daughter. We're just having an amazing time. We went into Nassau today, did and, some shopping. And late. isn't
0: that a quaint downtown? Beautiful
4: downtown no. quaint. Uh, you get mobbed by people trying to sell you stuff, but that's Okay. Uh, and uh, had a great time. But, yeah, it's, it's amazing here and a really neat setting. I've always wanted to come down here for this tournament. And here we are, yeah. and
0: I'm loving every second. And it gets bigger and better every year. Bobby Hordusky, uh, BYU basketball's operations director, played here back in his college days. But he said it's just a different deal now. Uh, the TV, the, the the crowds, the 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 surrounding uh, build-up to it. it's just so much bigger, and it gets better every year. And again, uh, next to the Maui Invitational, best field of any Thanksgiving tournament any Thanksgiving week tournament certainly is this one.
4: Yeah, great teams. I mean, you got overtime games. You got Kansas winning on a crazy shot in overtime today against Wisconsin, and exciting games. But just the destination, kids right. want to come here, teams want to come here, fans want to come here. You build it, they will come.
0: We want to go to break, but we'll tell you that uh, we're a little bit late with the tip time for BYU because of the two overtime games earlier today. And now in front of us, we've got the closing minutes of Dayton and NC State. NC State 70 and Dayton 57, 315 to play. Today's winner between Dayton and NC State will take on the winner between BYU and Butler, and the two losers face off tomorrow on the concluding day of the battle for Atlantis. NC State going up 15 as we go to break. It's the Wolfpack 72 and the Flyers 57. Three minutes to go in this game. Our game is coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: This is the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. For more with head coach Mark Pope, let's rejoin Greg Rubel.
0: BYU and Butler meeting for only the second time, all time. Fourth of four games on today's slate at the Battle for Atlantis. Earlier today, Kansas in overtime on a last second stick back defeats Wisconsin 69 68. And the game following that one, Tennessee in overtime defeated USC 73 66. And so it'll be Kansas and Tennessee for the championship of the battle for Atlantis. Wisconsin will play USC for third place. We've got BYU and Butler coming up. Uh, the winner of the BYU-Butler game takes on the winner of NC State and Dayton. And again, that game is getting late. To 2.54 to play between NC State and Dayton and the Wolfpack with a 15-point lead, 72-57. The winners will play for fifth place and the losers for seventh place tomorrow. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU Head Hoops coach Mark Pope presented by Zions Bank. For the support you need to power forward Zions Bank is for you and today Coach Pope talks about uh, taking on a Butler team that has shot lights out in three wins against weaker teams and has really struggled in two losses against much better teams so what should Coach Pope and the Cougars expect to see here today? Well, they have a
6: really explosive experience starting five. You know, this point guard is a four-year, mostly always starter at a great program like Purdue. Uh, he's, he's incredibly quick. Um, he's, his efficiency to the rim is extraordinary, and he's shooting the, the three ball at a... You know, he's not shooting a lot of shots, only three a game, but he's making half of them. And um, that's kind of like emblematic of their whole team, their four-guard lineup. Uh, their best three-point shooter is their starting four. He's, he's really physical, and he gets shots up from deep, and he's really smart and skilled. Um, so it's a, a, a four-guard lineup with... A big who's really dominant inside. He's blocking three shots a game. Uh, he's a veteran, veteran, veteran big. He, for three years, he's been shooting over sixty percent from the field. Uh, he's getting over two offensive rebounds a game. So that's the style of, of, of team that they are. Um, and uh, you know, they're obviously Thad Munn is one of the great all-time coaches in college basketball.
0: They're really well coached. So we got a great challenge ahead of us. They're forcing better than 18 turnovers a game. How are they getting those turnovers?
6: Yeah, so their guards are really pesky. They're trying to really blow up every handoff. Um, They're guarding their own. They're not switching a lot, so they're they're causing chaos a little bit different way just by being dialed in defensively and being really, really aggressive. We're going to have to find some ways to uh, punish them with pressure releases, and we can do it. We just have to be really disciplined and forceful in how we do it, and maybe we can back them up a little bit, uh, but we're going to have to be forceful in everything we do. But this is another, you know, another team we're facing that's a,
0: that's a, you know, relies out heavily on forcing turnovers, and they do a great job. What are you noticing as some common denominators and the types of turnovers you're committing most frequently?
6: Well, that's one of the most distressing things. Is there's, is, there's not that many common denominators. I mean, last night we had only seven real transition possessions, and we turned it over zero times in transition. We really, you know, the guys kind of on their own have dialed that back a little bit, which is uncomfortable for me. But we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to just two steps forward, one step back as we go there. But we're kind of, it's 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 kind of a poporia of, of turnovers. It really, at the end of the day. Um, it's, it's just, you know, we, we, we had a long edit last night on just ball-strong plays where it's just you just refuse to cough up the ball. And, and so part of it is that. And that's a learning process. It's kind of like those guys that have, you know, $100 drives and a, and a $0.10 cent finish where you kind of lose your energy at the rim. And we felt that a little bit last night where we're we're, we're, we're actually making really decisive moves. We're getting to two feet, getting into a power play, and then we're just a little bit so off with the ball. One of the things about a young team is they have to learn about, you, you really do have to learn, one, how to compete, and two, how to, how to respond to the physicality of the game. And we're, we have to learn that lesson. We don't have a lot of veterans who've logged a lot of minutes at this level that understand what that means. And so, um, you know, we're taking a chin a little bit on the chin a little bit right now as we go through that process that these guys really want to learn, and they will
0: what's something you would take that was good in the usc game and 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 want to use it tonight
6: well you know listen our our uh our defensive effort was was um was kind of a little bit hit or miss so you know in the first half especially with the starting unit um you know our dim numbers were elite level in the first six minutes of that game and and um we were giving guy that we were giving guys nothing easy and they made some shots but they were tough two shots and and a lot of the game was uncomfortable. A lot of the game was uncomfortable for USC and um, and then you know we, we, we had spurts where we really got away from that um, and so we need to find our consistency there but we do have the ability we, we are capable um, it's just again it's just a young team learning about what it means to play like every second of 40 minutes and that's a, that's a you know, there's not many people in their lifetime that ever get to understand what that really means and these guys are
0: trying to understand what it means All Right, coach thank you for- the preview. Good luck against Butler. We'll talk to you post game. Thanks, man. All right, that is Mark Pope. Time now for today's keys to the game, brought to you by your local Ford stores. BYU basketball is built Ford proud. Mark Durant has his keys for the game against Butler. I think this is a chance for BYU to do a little bit better in the paint and rebounding.
4: I think you maybe five to ten advantage on the boards and and maybe 5 to 10 points on the second chance points. BYU needs to do better at that. I think this is a chance for Foose and Atiki to play better. So I'm looking in this game for BYU to, to, to have a real edge in the paint and then utilize that and uh, and take advantage of that uh, advantage.
0: Take advantage of the advantage. Take advantage of the advantage. That that's, that's advantageous. As we go to break, <laughs> we remind you to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off show is next, including a conversation with BYU Deputy AD Brian Santiago. We are live at the Battle for Atlantis inside Imperial Arena at the Atlantis Resort on Paradise Island, Bahamas, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: It's almost time to hit the hardwood. This is the Cougar Tip-Off show, brought to you by... The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Also brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Also by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 30 years. Now let's head live to the Built Bar courtside seats and join Mark Durant alongside the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
0: Good afternoon once again, Cougar Nation. We are coming to you live from Paradise Island in the Bahamas at the Atlantis Resort. And this is the battle for Atlantis. Day 2. And today, the BYU Cougars play a consolation bracket game against the Butler Bulldogs. The second ever meeting coming 92 years after the first get-together at Hinkle Fieldhouse in Indianapolis back in 1930. A game won by the Bulldogs, 55-34. And I'm told it was a dizzying array of set shots and layups. (laughs) This is the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show, brought to you by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Greg Rubel and Mark Durant. With you for play-by-play and commentary, our studio host, Jason Shepard. Control board operators, Logan Gardner and Corbin Radford. Terry South is our coordinating producer. Our BYU radio engineer is Barry Squires. Our on-site engineer is Kirby Myovac. Our broadcast intern, Colton Potter, back at BYU Radio. You are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Led by our satellite radio flagship BYU radio Sirius XM 143 our over-the-air flagship KSL news radio 102.7 FM and 1160 a.m. we are also on the BYU radio app and BYU radio.org we are pleased to be joined by BYU's deputy ad Brian Santiago as the countdown clock has been set to 20 minutes you add four minutes to that and in 24 minutes that is at 6:50 we should have BYU and Butler tipping it off here on day two at the Battle for Atlantis. Brian, thanks for stepping by for a minute on this uh, expanded pregame show with the two games going to overtime earlier here in Atlantis. And what a great tournament this has turned into. I was talking with uh, Bobby Hordusky, BYU's basketball ops director, earlier. I think he came here with UCF when he was playing for UCF 11 years ago. And he said from 11 years ago to now, this tournament's got bigger and
7: better. How does BYU get into an event like this? Well... Greg, first of all, it's great to be with you and Mark uh, courtside. This is a great multi-team event. Uh, there are really two events, marquee, marquee yeah. events that kind of rule the MT world. And one of them is the Maui Invitational, and the other one's the Battle for Atlantis. And uh, we were super fortunate to get in this tournament. Uh, ESPN needed us to do a favor uh, because the next five years we're in the John Wooden. Uh, we're going back to the Diamond Head. We were supposed to be in the Maui in 24, but uh, there was another Big 12 team already in it, so they bumped us to 2026, and uh, so we're going to play in a, a tournament down at the Holiday Bowl in, the, in 24, but there are really two tournaments you really want to be in, but they needed us to do a favor for ESPN, and it was actually Coach Pope who said, Hey, B, just throw out a, throw out a little flare and see if there's any chance they can get us in Battle for Atlantis and uh so i said hey we're happy to do you the favor is there any chance you can get us in the battle for atlantis and the director of this tournament lee miller called me the next day and she just said you're not going to believe this we have one spot open and i said we're in we're in we're all the way in so we're really grateful to be here and it's the way they run it uh the way you're treated down here has just been unbelievable
4: well thank you for that brian i mean brian always hit the big shot that was a big shot this is a great tournament listen i Brian and I go back, way back. We've been dear friends. Brian's a Provo High Bulldog. I moved in, and he did so much for me, and had so much confidence, and helped my game so much. I owe so much to Brian Santiago. And then he went, of course, played at it was at UVU then, and uh-huh. then we all wanted him to come to BYU. That didn't happen. He went to our arch nemesis, Fresno State. and just killed us over there. Had some great teams. I remember Carl Ray Harris and is it Mayberry? Yeah, Mayberry is our mean, big. Really good teams. The, the point of all that lead-up, Brian, is you've always been around basketball. You're one of the Shawnee families, one of the great basketball families I know. I want to get your assessment of what it takes to be a great basketball team. What do you need to be a great basketball team, not only this year but going forward to the Big 12? What does BYU need to be successful as, as a basketball team?
7: Well, the, the great thing is, Mark, Uh, and we do go back for a minute uh, both as teammates and then playing against each other but the one thing that's always stood out for me with BYU basketball is the steadiness, the continuity of the program it's really, really difficult to be nationally relevant year in and year out and BYU's been that for as long as I can remember there have been a couple of dips uh, in the water where it was underneath the water but they came back out quickly Uh, it's a championship program but the biggest the the number one thing is always going to be you have to have great talent you have to get the very best LDS kids and then you have to surround uh, those players with players that are really passionate about byu and what it stands for and i think moving to the big 12 you can see coach pope and the staff have done a great job uh, really expanding the horizon a little bit because there's going to need to be more athleticism but all of it needs to fit And be in total alignment with BYU. And uh, if they can continue to get the best LDS kids, I mean, you're seeing some return missionaries right now that have really bright futures. In Dallin Hall and Richie Saunders and Toulson, Uh, you've got Foose that's going to be with you. You just, you you see, you know, Trey uh, Stewart. Stewart. You see some young, great LDS players that are going to be here for a few years you've got colin chandler on a mission and then you're going to surround them with with other guys that really are passionate about being at byu that's what it's going to take but the continuity is the key you have to have continuity in the program you're going to have to build this program around guys that are going to be here for three or four years together to compete at a high level in the big 12 you're not going to be able to do it with a new team every year mark pope today coaches his 100th byu game
0: if BYU wins the game, he won 72 of his first 100 games. It puts him right on pace with Dave Rose. We know how great Dave Rose was for years and years. We're in the fourth year of the Mark Pope era. What a blessing BYU fans have had to go from Steve Cleveland to Dave Rose to Mark Pope and kind of this uninterrupted run of continuity, consistency, and success.
7: Yeah, and listen, what Coach Pope did coming in here that first year that team, unfortunately, it got stopped by COVID, uh, and then to have the teams that he's had, I think that uh, he's got a chance to build something special. You got to love his intensity, his work ethic is second to none. This guy goes twenty-four-seven. He's so passionate about uh, the program. You ju- you, he's he's got good assistant coaches around him that are also great character guys that have great work ethics. Uh, The bottom line is you're going to need to keep this team together and build it year after year with a nucleus of guys. Mark, you've played at BYU. You've seen it through the years. The greatest teams are the teams that kind of grow together and have two or three years under their belt. We look back to, you know, two or three of these teams that made great runs, senior laden, veteran guys. They've been together for two, three, four years. They know how each other play. That's what it's going to take. And so I'm excited to see what Coach does with this group of talent and uh, to see if they can continue to build on it and grow together because they, they've got a chance to do something special.
4: Yeah, well, real quick, what about this year's team? I mean, where do you see their strengths? What do they need to work on to, to get to where they need to be this year?
7: I. It's a great question. And, and I think uh, as you watch this team, the, the biggest factor is going to be The combinations who 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 are they going to play together that really click right now he's still I think he's still looking coach is still looking for that group that's really going to click together you continue to see different guys playing significant minutes we've already seen Dallin Hall hit a game winner and play the entire second half of games help us win those games the other night he didn't play as much Rudy plays the bulk of the minutes you're seeing you know Waterman stepped up and been hitting some big shots but there have been games where he hasn't hardly played any minutes, like at San Diego State. I think Coach is still looking for those combinations. You know Gideon's got to be a go-to guy. You know Foos has got to continue to step up. I still think Foos is a little hobbled. We're not seeing the explosive Foos that we've seen, but I think that'll come. Uh, but you're gonna those are the guys they're gonna need to look to, and then they're gonna have to find the right combination. But I, you know, I'm I'm passionate about him building this thing. We know they're young. Really passionate about him building it the right way with with those young guys and seeing them through some bumps in the road. We're going to see it. Uh, you know, we saw stretches the other night that were fantastic. We saw stretches that were not fantastic, but they're building something, right? And they're tr- they're playing so hard. The other night they had five, six, seven possessions where they played such great defense, offensive rebound, just kind of breaks their back. Yeah, they which is going to happen. But I like I like the resiliency that we saw at the end of that game it could have easily gone to a 25 30 point blowout and instead you had a legitimate chance to win that game three possessions in a row at seven or eight points and we turned it over took a bad shot and, and missed the front end of a one-on-one otherwise you're in a two or three point game with a minute and a half two minutes to go and anything can happen I was super impressed that they were able to come back and fight their way back into that game
0: Brian always great to have you on the headset thanks for stopping by and spiking the ratings man let's go let's go all right coming up we'll hear from Butler assistant coach Maurice Joseph on the new skin BYU Sports Network
1: this is the Cougar tip-off show let's head back courtside to rejoin Greg Rubel
0: Back with more of the Cougar Tip-Off show, the BYU Store, Cougar Tip-Off show. BYU and Butler coming up, both BYU and Butler, 3-2. Bulldogs head coach Thad Mottet in his second stint with Butler, 18th season overall. A short time ago, I spoke with his assistant, Maurice Joseph, about this quick turnaround after a tough loss to Tennessee yesterday.
8: You know, we started the game off really well. You know, we were tough defensively, sticking to the game plan, I thought we rebounded well. You know, Tennessee's a team that, that, that prides themselves on getting fouled. Uh, you know, the top ten in the country in that regard, and we were, you know, top twenty in the country and not fouling. So one of the styles we're going to have to win out. And I thought, you know, we we got them in, we got in foul trouble early with Manny and Simas, and you know, they they scored nine points from the free throw line out of the twenty four. You know, so I thought we, or the twenty eight. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So they, we did a good job guarding, but we fouled too much, and that foul trouble had us, you know, with some lineups that we weren't particularly used to and had to do some different things offensively that helped that made us kind of struggle a little bit but overall i thought we, we came out you know we came out really well stuck to the game plan tough we battled a really good talented tough team but we couldn't sustain it for 40 minutes so the goal is for us to kind of still try to seek out how we can put 40 minutes of really good butler basketball together and uh that's that's what we're trying to take a step forward at today similarly to byu
0: it's a game at halftime you feel like you're right there and then things get away a little bit after half
8: yeah, yeah, you know, we uh it was we were down five and a half and you know the, the, the kid Ziggler hit a three at the buzzer and they went into halftime with a little bit of momentum and then thought in the second half, you know, it was kinda of back and forth for a little while until they they won one of the wars by ten and, and you know and, and we couldn't really get back get back from there. So again, we gotta be able to we to stay out of foul trouble um but 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 also try to put Consistent, consistent uh, forty-minute basketball games together, and uh, once we can do that, I think we can compete with anyone. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? But uh, we got to, we got to, we got to seek out trying to put forty minutes of basketball together. You said used the phrase a moment ago, Butler basketball. What does that mean to you? Unselfish, def- uh, offensively sharing the basketball, pushing the pace, uh, and then defensively being incredibly sound, incredibly smart in terms of sticking to the game plan, and incredibly connected. If we do that on both ends of the floor and play our brand of basketball, I think that's when we're at our best. What did you? Think- think of the BYU team that played right ahead of you uh, last night? Tough, physical, uh, you know, 45 Treyor uh, is, is, is a horse down there. He does a great job of got working guys up the line and, uh, uh, you know, and, and they, they they look for him. They throw it over the top, especially in transition. You know, I thought Jackson Robinson played really well. Rudy Williams gets downhill and is a, is a tough, crafty finisher and, and really, and he's a gamer. Uh, Spencer Johnson shoots the ball really, really well. So, they're, they're an experienced group and they have some depth you know they play 10 guys and and uh, we got to be sharp on the game plan sharp on personnel that's the thing in one game in these tournaments the one day turnaround you got to be sharp with game plans you can't put in and go over a million sets you can't do a bunch of, you got to be sharp at personnel what are their strengths and weaknesses what's the meat and potatoes of what that ch- that team is trying to accomplish and they try to take that away best you can so uh, they play a lot of guys are tough physical really well coached uh, so we're, we're looking forward to the challenge of trying to get get a bounce back win
0: All right, that is Butler Assistant Coach Maurice Joseph. The BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show continues after this, live from the Bahamas, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Welcome back to the Cougar Tip-Off Show. Let's rejoin Criper Rebell.
0: Coming up at uh, 10 to the hour, 3-2 BYU taking on 3-2 Butler. Earlier today here at the Battle for Atlantis in overtime, Kansas over Wisconsin 69-68, Tennessee over USC 73-66. Tennessee and Kansas meet tomorrow for the Battle for Atlantis championship. Wisconsin and USC meet for third place. Just before this game, NC State defeated Dayton 76-64. NC State will play for fifth place against the winner of BYU and Butler. The loser of BYU, Butler, plays Dayton in the seventh place game tomorrow. All right, some final words before tip-off are coming your way next. This is the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show live from the battle for Atlantis, Paradise Island, Bahamas, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: the cougar tip-off show rolls on let's head back live courtside
0: all right tip off just moments away here at the battle for atlantis BYU and butler in our pre-game conversation with brian santiago byu's deputy ad he said foos may not be quite right yet and that might explain a few things we've seen from him in the early part of the season the sooner foos gets back to full strength the better mark yeah,
4: I, a lot of people maybe not know about foos he didn't play a lot league in, into practice and so
0: he's Still getting back. We expected more from him, rightly so, and he just hasn't quite got there yet. Tip-off of BYU and Butler right after this. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Tip-Off Show from Paradise Island in the Bahamas on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.